you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Hello and welcome to another episode of Watchpoint Radio, Mashal's Buttons podcast dedicated to Overwatch and its community. I am Jared, also known as Ja, and I'm here with Bobby Schisler, also known as Blazing Bob. Hey, 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 Ja. As always, glad to be back. Good, good. And also here for the second time as an official host, as we're not going to say this every single time, whoop, whoop. but it's Josh Kinder, also known as Kinder. How you doing? Hey, 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 it's your mouth of the south. It's your boy, Skinny Penis. It's Kinder. There you go. Good see you. There you go. That's how you do that, Bob. Take notes. <laughs> I'm writing it down right now. Okay. <laughs> this is episode number 106. We are recording on May 1st for release on May 2nd. Uh, not a ton of news coming out of Overwatch right now. So we're going to be talking about the end of a few things. The end of April brought the end of Season 9, the end of Retribution. Uh, the competitive 6v6 is ending soon, so we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about some of the symmetric changes that, you know, apparently Jeff Goodman confirmed that they're working on. None of it is actually official. Like, this is definitely going to happen. But if they're talking about it, they're usually pretty sure they're going to bring it down. So we will talk about that. And then we're also going to be talking about game balance a little bit. Uh, blind gentlemen in our Discord uh, made some good points regarding, uh, you know, <laughs> previous game balance on heroes and how the game is balanced now with heroes or new heroes coming in so we're going to talk about that before we get into that i'd like to welcome anybody listening for the very first time thank you very much for checking out Watchpoint radio we do talk overwatch news and competitive and some esports but the focus of the show is the community and the state of the game so even when we do news esports and competitive that's what we center around if you enjoy the show and you want to keep up with us you know, definitely check us out on Twitter, which is twitter.com slash watchpointradio, and we would love to have you on our Discord at discord.me slash mash those buttons. You can come in there and, uh, you know, have a good time with us. And as always, want to re- uh, thank any returning listeners as well, whether this is your first re-listen or your 105th time re-listening, thank you very much for your support. We really appreciate it, guys, and if nobody was listening... I would have quit this a long time ago. So, <laughs> thanks a lot. You had some of those uh, hey, five episodes. Whoa, 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 what did you say? One at a time, guys. <laughs> I was just saying, you had a couple of those 1.5 episodes in there, right? Or point yeah, five. so it's actually yeah, it's actually more than 105. I just keep it simple. <laughs> I keep it simple. Uh, Kendra, you said that, that never stopped you from recording? Oh, absolutely not. I've run, uh, well, technically, I've run three podcasts now, and... It never stopped me. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you're you got something to say and you're gonna say it regardless. So yeah, I don't I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can't waste that voice. It's got to be heard. Hey, hey somebody's got to use that equipment. <laughs> That's I know, that, what I'm so she jealous said. of that bike. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, I'd like to thank a uh, new subscriber, Suit to Kill. Uh, he's our latest Twitch subscriber, so thanks very much. Or he or she, don't know, sorry. Did somebody uh, say Suit to Kill? Oh, yeah. Kendra's wearing a suit. You're missing it if you're not on the stream. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much for your support. No new patrons uh, this week. And no community feedback in the traditional sense. But like I said, we, you know, we have some stuff to talk about from Discord. Before we get into our main topics... How has your week in Overwatch been, Bob? You're to uh, my uh, you're to my right here, so you go first. My week's been good. Uh, just uh, played, a, didn't play a whole ton of comp. Played a little bit, but not a ton. Uh, had a lot of stuff going on this last week too. Like had to see uh, Avengers on Thursday night. Then there was the Omnic Lab game night on Friday night, and then the. Um, the high nude podcast game night on Saturday night. So it was a lot of overwatch those, those two nights. Um, then finish them up getting placed in six, six V six. I'll talk more about that. when we talk about that down in our end of section, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a good week. How about you? All right. What about you, Kender? Uh, I actually haven't touched Overwatch in about the past week because I uh, borrowed a Nintendo Switch and uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild from a friend of mine, and it has consumed my entire life for the past week. It's such a good <laughs> game! Oh my god, I haven't been I haven't been this excited about a non Overwatch game since like I, I was I say Doom, but I wasn't that excited about Doom. I just really liked it. I was really taken aback by Breath of the Wild, especially with the disappointment the last one was. And we won't get into that here because this is an Overwatch podcast, but if you haven't fucking played it yet, get yourself a Switch or at least the Wii U and get Breath of the Wild. It is amazing. I am I so have happy it. with it. Oh, it's so good. It's so I good. have it and I haven't touched it since I got back from China. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. He's tried to save it for he travels. I that's what <laughs> I'd be doing. Well no, I mean like I look at I mean it's a great game. It's very well put together. Um but you know, there's like a camp. We kind of talked about this, and we're not going to get too deep into it. But we kind of talked about this on the Mash Cast, where you have the people who played Zelda, and you have the people who played Horizon Zero Dawn because they were so close to each other, <laughs> and they're both amazing games. And they're both very expansive games. So I'm in the camp. I played Horizon Zero Dawn, gotcha. and now the, I think the issue is that now that I'm coming to Zelda, I'm like, this was overhyped. But it's yeah, still a you great game. About, you yeah. talked yeah. about uh, open world versus uh, sandbox, and if you guys haven't listened to the Mashcast, it's <laughs> it's really good. I really enjoy it, and getting Nick. I mean, the personalities are great because Nick is just kind of this laid back, chill guy, but he'll he'll hit Jaw, Jaw'll hit back, and ja, you guys know Jaw. And then they've got this awesome girl, Fruit Loop, who just is amazing. <laughs> it's pop <laughs> or is it cupcake. Bob. Cupcake? Bob knows Bob's doing it on purpose. <laughs> no, it's really good. And she, I mean, she has a really extensive background with like oh, yeah. uh, Japanese RPGs. and But I won't go too much into it. But you guys should definitely check it out. Yeah, it's a I good time. I need to add that one to my list. I can't believe it's not on there now that I think about it. I listened, yeah. to, I listened to Double Tab, but not to MASHCast. What the hell? You'll figure. <laughs> well, yeah, I, don't, I think mainly because it's not associated with a game itself. That yeah. a lot of people miss it, so but you know we'll get back around to that. But uh, yeah, so stuck on Zelda then, huh? Oh man, I I'm probably gonna be stuck on it for at least another week. I've gotten three of the Divine Beasts done so far, and I'll probably go a little bit after that. But um, I know it. I I think I get where you're coming from though, because if I'd have played 
something like Horizon Zero Dawn. I haven't played it. Right. Uh, but it was kind of like um, friends of mine that played like Oblivion or Skyrim before Morrowind. Morrowind is obviously a superior game all around in every aspect whatsoever. But if you went back and played it after a future Elder Scrolls game, it was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I got oh, you. Yeah. 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 Um, for me, I'm trying to think. Like last week in Overwatch, after the show, I think I'm, I don't even, I can't remember if I played. We went and played and. Uh, you got to play on the Grandmasters team. I got to scrim against us on the PTR, and I lost my shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that was, was not what a good we did idea. after. I didn't realize who I was playing with. I was, I was like, okay, I'm going to be on the other team, whatever. Man, like, I, it got to the point where it's like it wasn't even fun for me to play because <laughs> they didn't need me at all. I literally could have stood there and did rock nothing. You rock Dude, you did plenty, man. You were fucking playing Roadhog, <laughs> and, like, you were killing me. I mean, we're all trying to learn new, you know, we've got Deathblow and Andreas on our team. One was Masters. One was has almost made GM, but on different characters, you know. We're all learning yeah. different stuff on that. And then to scrim against those guys, it was just, like, it hurt. It was really fun, though, when we split the, when we split the teams up. We had two epic battles, two epic matches when we yeah. like sp- uh, split them up. Yeah, I think it, it would have been more fun if the teams were more fair. I will definitely say that. But like once I realized like what level those guys were playing at, because at first like you know um, I forget who it was. I don't remember his name, but he picked Winston. So I was like, okay, I'll pick Diva and I'll cover him when he dies. He didn't even need me to cover him when he died. He died <laughs> into the middle year group, fucked everybody up. And like he had some secret buttons that you only get it's, when you hit Grandmaster. Like dude, it was fucking ridiculous. With Winston, it's a lot of hiding behind corners and crouching and shit while you're fighting. It's it's. I'm trying to learn it yeah. now, but it's definitely well. That's what I've a lot I've more to Winston than you think. That's what I've been learning in comp. Like I was kind of talking about that last week. Is like you know, if I'm not prepared to get into a fight and survive like i'm not just going to jump into a fight just to jump into a fight right you know i have to jump into a fight with a purpose and you're right it is a lot of like just you know waiting and being patient and jumping in at the right time so learning which fights to take like especially if you're on like a genji or a tracer like learning which fights to take is huge and for at least me it's hard because anytime i'm on any character i don't like my brain goes i I could take that dude. I could take that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when I should be like, oh, I'm Genji. I should probably leave Monkey alone and just yeah. go for the, you know, like, yeah. but like they're in front of my face. I'm like, I could kill you. But I try <laughs> and keep like, I just have to constantly, that's one of the constant reminders I have to have. Well, yeah. one one of the things I've been doing, and I don't know, we'll see how effective it is. Cause like I said, I'm still not a great, um, you know, Winston, but if, you know, my cooldowns are up or my cooldowns are on, and, uh, you know, I don't see an opportunity to actually fight somebody, especially if it's like a payload or objective map. I usually peel for the healers. That's what I'm kind of doing in the back. But then when, you know, my shield's ready to go, my jump's ready to go, it's like, okay, I'm looking for a target. Who am I going to jump on and, and try to take out? And if I can't get them, you know, down a decent amount before my uh my next um you know before my uh jump is cooled down again i just jump right back out of there and survive you know yeah learning the short jump too has been a real issue for me although i will say kinder your advice really helped like i only use right click (laughs) to jump when i want to do a short jump but it's easier for me to put my middle finger down and hit s 
the same time I hit the right click. Whereas hitting shift, it's just weird for my hand to go down to S when I hit shift at the same time. Yeah. So it's helped to trim. Like I can, I can do the short jump now. I'm still getting used to where I could do it every time, but it's pretty awesome. Thank you. Hey, anything to help. And yeah. the first rule of Winston's a lot like the first rule of Street Fighter. Uh, double tap fans out there, uh, never jump without a purpose. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> get your ass out of the air. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so, but um, other than that, I can't remember if I played any extra comp last week. I did play some <laughs> quick play because uh, my buddy Recoil he has an account that he still needs to get the twenty five on his Smurf, so we played some quick play and. Other than that, I've been playing 6v6. Oh, I've been trying to get my placements done for 6v6 competitive. And right now, 6v6 competitive feels like the last week of comp. It, that's what it feels like. It feels like the last week of comp. <laughs> people just like doing stupid shit, you know, acting like they don't know how to play the characters like at all. Maybe picking characters they don't play because they think they'll be more effective when in reality you're going to be more effective on a character that you know how to play still. Uh, a lot of non-teamwork going on, you know. So. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to dig too deep in that because we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But other than that, yeah, I, I'm definitely, at least on my main for sure, I'm going to be avoiding season 10 placements until sometime next week, probably. Um, and yeah, other than that, I'm just, I think I'm just really trying to, going to try to get those uh, 6v6 uh, placements done. And once they're placed, that's kind of it. I don't think I'm really going to be climbing or trying to climb anywhere. I just want the competitive points at this point for that. So we'll see. But um, that being well, the case, oh, go ahead. No, I'll, I mean, I'll bring it up when we get to 6v6. Okay. Because it'll, it'll go into it pretty good. Okay. So that being the case, um, let's kind of hop into our first topic here that I just titled end of, because so much stuff ended at, at the end of April, right? We have season nine uh, closed up Friday night. Retribution is supposed to be closed up. I don't know. Is it closed up now? Because it was supposed to close up yeah. yesterday. Yeah, it was closed when we uh, went on a minute ago. It was. It was yeah. Going. Seriously. In, what? <sighs> I didn't get the Reaper skin. Dude, oh. don't talk to me about getting Damn the Reaper it. skin. I got <laughs> zero, zero skins from this year's event across all. All of my accounts. <laughs> I don't know zero if I got, skins. I don't know if I got I one got of the, the new skins skin. either. Actually, I, I now that I think about it, I don't think I got it either. I didn't get a single fucking skin on, uh, I, and I haven't actually. Be honest with you, I haven't seen the new skins. I haven't seen people wearing the new more. No, G, I think Geo got Moira. I think Geo. I saw Geo with Moira, but other than that, I didn't see the new Sombra. I didn't see the I new see Reaper. The new Reaper. <laughs> I haven't I seen the new see... Reaper in game now that I think about it. Exactly. Yeah. I think they did something to the drop rate and it fucked it up. I think so because I it's just like usually I can I can kind of see it, right? I can see it, and I can get a little jealous when somebody has a skin that I want. <laughs> but I haven't even been seeing the skins. And it's not like I haven't been playing point. Overwatch at all. Yeah. It's not like they play game nights too. Like, yeah, I haven't seen them at all. I only I only got one legitimately. Uh, that was a somber one. I got the somber one in my first box, uh, and then from there on, I got nothing. I just bought the May skin, which is the only one that matters. But <laughs> yeah. uh, other than that, I didn't see any of the other skins, really. Um, I already had the Black Watch Genji, and I had the old, the Commander Reese, but that's not the new Reaper one. They had a different one, didn't they? 
Yeah, I got the um. Let's see. The only legendary no, skin I, I got I was a Mercy. I did get McCree. I forgot about that one. Uh, Black Watch McCree. Yeah, I I on I, on across all three accounts, I got one legendary, and that was for last year. <laughs> and um, actually, behind the truth, I kind of for, even forgot to purchase the skin that I want. Cause I have enough coins to purchase the skin. I've kind of I totally like blanked on it. Oh well, it's I, over. Like, It'll be cheaper next year. I kept <laughs> trying to decide. I was going to have to buy twenty bucks, probably worth of loot boxes, to get enough gold to get the Reaper skin. So I was teetering with that, but <clears throat> I never made my final decision. I did. I thought it was ending tomorrow. I thought it At was ending. Point, oh, it is the first. I thought it was ending the first. Overwatch yeah, loot boxes. It's been a long weekend. Yeah, I mean, Overwatch loot boxes just feel like such a racket now. And it's like, I've paid for this game several times over. I'm done. Like, I've given more than enough money <laughs> to Blizzard for, for this game. I know, game. right? They need to just go ahead and, like, everybody's bought the game that's going to buy it, really, like, the first time. They just, they kind of just need to let us do different profiles like console. But they want because Honestly, it makes them so much money. Yeah, honestly, if they would make it to where I could have different comp prof, uh, profiles like on one account, like where I could <laughs> classify it as this is my DPS account, blah, 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 and I could have like four different ones, I would still spend money on loot on loot boxes. I basically stopped spending money on loot boxes when I started spending money on new uh, new accounts to beat the MMR system. So. I- like I'm not gonna keep buying these things if I've got them scattered across all these different accounts. Like I don't even open loot loot boxes on my on my fourth account. I've got like 48. I would oh, I would still be buying loot boxes if I felt it was worth it. But I'm not gonna buy 20 loot boxes and then not get a, a legendary drop. You know, like it, it just doesn't feel worth it. And yeah. for me, it just doesn't feel worth it because I play on so many different accounts. Like if I could have. All of that for for my one account, and I could get everything I needed for my one account. Then I would still spend money on it. Yeah, like I don't. It just it just doesn't feel worth it to me. Like that that that's the main reason. Like if the drop rates were better, or even if they allowed you to purchase golden loot boxes, like, I don't understand why they're against. It's like give you different options. Like allow me to purchase golden loot boxes. Uh, then would that at least guarantee you? A legendary still, in each box. I still like, you think know, you should get a gold loot box every time you tick a you should. Uh, level 100. Why are they against this? I don't what's know. What's up, High Podcast? Yeah, what's hey, going on, High Nude? That raid, yeah. though. Welcome, yeah, I don't understand why they're against this, because that would just... They can even charge, like, you know... Okay, fine. You want a golden loot box instead instead of a uh, you know getting a twenty pack for like how much is a twenty pack of loot box? Well, a twenty five pack of, of loot boxes is twenty dollars. Yeah, so instead right. of you know if you wanted a twenty five pack of golden loot boxes, well that's fifty dollars. You know what? people just buy that shit. That would generate so much cash. You know, but that's that. I I, I kind of said it before, and I can't say if it's still the. I can't say if it's. You know, like like a prophecy come true, something like that. But I said, like if the loot boxes continue to be as elusive as they are, like you know, they're not get you're not getting good drops. Um, you're people are gonna stop buying them. Like I haven't really seen like streamers doing like loot box openings. Yeah, recently, yeah. like that used to be a big thing, and now it's like I did a loot box opening one time, and I got shit the entire time, and I was like, <laughs> I'm out, I'm I'm done. I stopped the actual stream. Before the loot box openings were done, because I'm like, yo, this is fucking <laughs> ridiculous. 
What did you but, think of the actual event, though, Retribution? Uh, overall, I mean, I'm glad that they did something different. I'm glad that they finally didn't just do the same event over again, right? So I'm glad that happened. However, as for the actual Retribution event or the Retribution mission, I still prefer the the, the, the original Uprising mission over that. I prefer it because the Retribution mission was like, you just kind of run through it. And like, it reminded me of Left 4 Dead. That's what it reminds me of. It reminds me of what kind of Left 4 thing. Dead, yeah. but less enemies. Like, it's Left 4 Dead. And the, here's the thing about those. For If you didn't play Left 4 Dead or Left 4 Dead 2, Left 4 Dead, the thing that makes it special and a lot of fun to play over and over again is it has the director. Like, the, the, the game changes based on how you actually work. Did you guys play Left 4 Dead? Oh, God. To uh, death. Played a, I, I owned it. Okay. I played very there little. There was actually a really cool mode in uh, Left 4 Dead. I don't know if it was one or two. I think it was the first one. Uh, you could go in and it would show you some of the game mechanics behind the scenes. It would tell you, like, this is what happens here. And it would, like, have a little cutaway thing and give you a text box as you played through the level. And it would say the camera changes grainy here because oh yeah, thing. yeah, all those Valve games, like all the older, well, like from the Half Life Two era, those games have a director's ver- a director's cut. You turn that on, right. and the director starts moderating what happened. Like right. you know, like they start t- telling you what's going on in the game. It's actually pretty I, cool. I thought that like, was just the coolest shit ever uh, in a game. Like yeah. I, I appreciated it so much. In yeah, chat, Totem <laughs> says that he was. He's pretty sure he's heard him say that left that Left for Dead inspired it. I wouldn't be surprised, but yeah. this is kind of the deal. Like it's Left for Dead inspired, but the reason that the, like I was about to get into it, the thing that makes Left for Dead great is that is the director based on your like how you're actually playing the game. The game responds. <laughs> if you're just blowing through a level, the game is going to put you against harsher opposition. Right? The game is going to actually make you. Uh, is going to put more hordes in your way. Additionally, if you're not doing so great, like let's say you're like one of your team members is hurt, the game is actually going to make it harder because it's going to spawn more specials to try to kill you. Yeah. So in Left 4 Dead, like, you get to go down twice, and after you go down twice, your screen turns black and white. If you go down a third time, you're going to die. And if you have, like, especially if you're playing on hard mode on Left 4 Dead. Uh, if you have a team member that is black and white, you will just get constantly rushed by hordes and constant specials all around you because they are trying to kill that person and make the yeah. game harder. So it you get rewarded for not sucking at the game by the game being <laughs> you know not so right. hard. You know, well, one of the things that blew my mind. Uh, we were doing a run and we had a strategy going. Um, for I forget one of the levels. Um. But we got up in a place where no nothing could really get up to us. Like we could just kind of sit there and just kill everything around. We brought all the little gas canisters. There was like twenty gas canisters up there with us, and we would throw a gas canister down, shoot it, and it would you know destroy the horde around. And if there was a tank, we could go around the building right there and run around. What the game ended up doing was spawning three smokers who all attacked around the same time, pulled the three of us down, and the one the one guy left had to go save everybody. It was yeah. brilliant execution. Yeah, and that's, that's, why, that's why I think, for me, Retribution started to get a little bored after the first couple runs because it's just the same thing over and over and over again, and it's, not, it's, it's very, very scripted. And don't get me wrong, Uprising is scripted too, 
But uprising is different because it's a horde mode, and you're like you and there's many places where you go and hold your position and try to survive that, and it's just you know more interesting. Um, even like on legendary, on, on legendary in retribution, it doesn't get really hard until the end. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you make it if you make it through the beginning, you should be able to go through it all the way to the end and maybe once you get to the end that's when you start having some trouble whereas with uprising there's multiple parts multiple areas where you have to kind of perfect what you want to do like okay we're going to do this here okay now we got this down let's make it to the next part okay we're going to do this here we got it down so uprising was just more um interesting to me in general and i'm hoping that next year when they run this event they put a little bit more thought into the actual event. Now, don't so. get me wrong. Let's not sell. Let's not sell the event short because considering Left for Dead was a game built around and from yeah. the ground up around the AI, that's one thing. Just as an add-on to any game, especially a, an FPS, where they had to build AI from the ground up pretty much just for this one thing, it's phenomenal in my opinion. Well, uh, actually, I'm, not, I'm not saying that it was shit. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I, I do like wish the work it, that they put in and everything that they did just for this event. I think uh, yeah. I don't want to sell them short. Yeah, of course, it's not you know as good as their previous thing or as good as like Left 4 Dead is going to be. But for what yeah. it was, I loved it. I, you know, I mean, I, I'm very, very proud of the team. I guess I would say. Uh, I mean, they did a good job. Yeah, I actually, I mean, I actually prefer this one just because more action-packed like you know the the main set of characters was was more action-packed and it just felt fun to play you know and it was it was a little bit shorter uh but yeah i get it i mean they're both they're both different but i think i preferred this one because of the trough of characters you had for the main version well that's actually why i prefer the other one because in the other one everybody had a role to fill Whereas yeah. this one, you have three people with the same role and one healer, you know. Yeah. Well, it's built for DPS role, all around. Even Moyer was a DPS. I mean, yeah. we're on now. <laughs> the roles were, like, divided in, like, Genji was supposed to take care of the sniper. Uh, McCree's supposed to take care of the dude that's, that comes through the ninja that charges. He's supposed to be able to flashbang it. And then, I don't know what. I guess Reaper's supposed to kill that big dude that charges with the gun just because he's, you know, can put a lot of damage in him. And then Moira just kind of throwing balls everywhere. But I mean, I thought yeah. it was, I thought it was fun. It was just a different, it was a different feel. Yeah, it was, it was, don't get me wrong. Like, it was fun. I, obviously, when I'm, I'm, pick, I'm, I'm analyzing something, I'm picking something apart, people are like, oh, yeah. he hates it. I don't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. But at the same, it just didn't have the same replayability uh, to yeah. me. I agree. That, 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 that would be my biggest grab. I, I would love something that has replayability. Um, and I, I don't know why, uh, I say it again, I don't know why they don't focus more on content like this. This is what people want. I saw people who haven't showed up for an event in a year come back and play this event <laughs> because they want, so, uh, you know, store uh, Overwatch lore. They want uh, co-op content. They, yeah. This is what people want. It was definitely you know? what it launched. I think I counted at the high point ninety people on my on my friends list playing Overwatch during prime time, which is really high. 
oh, for like yeah. a two hundred, you know, a two hundred person list. Mm-hmm. Uh, something I was gonna say, going back to the comparison between the two, um, where Uprising is a steady girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> this one was more of a uh, one night stand. You know, it was really good the first time, really fun, really action packed. You know, you got to do a lot of nasty shit. But uh, at the end of the day, you can keep going back to Retribution, and it was, you know, still good. You mean Uprising. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I mean, overall, I just hope they continue. I think they need to make more content like this. I don't want this. Like, they, they would make so much money if they released DLC packs of content like this. You know, oh, like, yeah. a, like a five-mission DLC pack once a year, once every other year. Dude, that should be amazing. Uh, but no, it, it, it was good. I, uh, I, I'm glad they did it as opposed to just refeeding us the same event from last year. Um, hopefully going forward, they'll present something a bit more new with their events, but we'll see. We've got the year two anniversary coming up, which we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But, uh, in terms of season nine, season nine also ended uh on friday i believe it was and i mean how like how, how things go for you guys what you think <laughs> uh, i mean i spent the majority of the time playing with my team and like all in all i ended at like on my main account at like 25 something on my alt account like 28 or 27 it was 20 I, we just looked at it, it was like 2756 and then my gold account is really close to plat, but <laughs> uh, I've been just doing that, and it just—it's you know—I've talked about it quite a quite a bit, so I won't bore anybody. But yeah, I've just been doing that basically in game and game nights. It's my is has been my comp for season nine. Same here. Uh, I mean, that's kind of what happened. I got the plat, got up the higher, and then you know did the drop, and then got back to plat again. Started playing with the team. We lost a few and. <laughs> just never could really get quite back to play and then it's somewhere in high gold on my main but i also avoided in the season like the plague so you know i didn't really get a chance to come back up either we'll get there this year this yeah season. my low accounts keep going in the plat and i actually don't want that to happen but it just happens because we're winning you know and then i'm doing very well on the characters that i'm playing yeah that's how the gold winning. account is and it keeps like going to platinum. I don't want to go to platinum. I, there's some people like when I play with Geo, fine. I, I me being like having a platinum SR is fine with him. But when I play with some people, I don't like. I don't want them to pull them up that far because they're gonna run into trouble. I don't want to carry anybody to platinum. That's not what my goal is. I do, I do want to help you get to platinum, but you have to know how to play the game. That's kind of like you know my goal here. You know. Yeah. No, nobody rides for free. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of the deal. That's what um, she said. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. I, I can't remember which account. I can't remember where my accounts ended. One, two. Actually, no. Sorry, all three ended in platinum. One was twenty-seven something, and the other two were in twenty-sixes. And I can't remember exactly what it was. But I just cut you off. What were we gonna say, Bob? Oh no, I was just I I was. Uh... I was going to talk about six v six v six. I just did realize that the two are done with it, but I think oh, that's no. just like it just is bringing you. That's the MMR system doing its work, and even when you're losing or when you're on a gold account, you're still not losing much. And so I think that's where the problem comes in. 
Right. I mean, it's not really a problem. I guess it's the working the way it's supposed to, but working as intended. I guess it just means like cuz I use it I use the gold account for people I don't usually play, but then I used it some for the team this time around. So I'm playing something I'm fairly good at and so therefore it's 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 moving. Right. Yeah, I know like season 9 ended. The only thing season 10 has brought with it is Brigitte. That's it. That, like no other changes have been made to the competitive system. Man, I know we did get a void as player late in the season. Uh avoid as player late in the awesome. season. So oh, that's yeah. that's that's been pretty nice. But other than that, no other changes really made to comp. A lot of people complaining that they did nothing uh with the matchmaking. And I don't know if matchmaking is really I can't tell if matchmaking is a real problem. Because when I do play, like, in, let's say, when we talked about it, like, several times over the last few weeks, when I play in, like, you know, mid-gold to platinum, there's there's so much toxicity. I can't tell if we're, if the skills aren't just getting matched up or people just aren't cooperating together. Yeah. You know? That's why I can't tell. Like, there's no way I should be winning matches with five DPS and no healer. And that had happened multiple times last season in platinum. Yep, those like things that, are snowbally things. Like you go out with a meme comp like that, and then if you have just some, like if you're lucky enough to have some success right at the start, you can tilt the other team for a good amount of time because they're going to be pissed that this stupid comp's beating them too. Yeah. And so it's such a mental game. Like I heard it on, it's, what did I hear it on? Oh, what was it? Uh, played, uh, play mad, play bad. High dude podcast was uh was a uh, was saying that and yeah dude that's freaking that's the truth man yeah no I, I agree you can't tell somebody by doing that that was like one of the ones I like that's where I posted that tracer play of a game where I literally walked to the payload as tracer <laughs> <laughs> jumped up on the thing stuck on stuck my uh, uh my uh the bomb on it and it just got out and like. Four people died. I'm like, wow, Slow this is really bad. wins the race. Yeah, like it was ridiculous, and I could not believe that we we're winning. And as like, so when when we first picked the comp, everybody just kind of knew, okay, well, we're gonna lose this game. And then once we <clears throat> once we get past the first checkpoint, like me and one of the guys, like, I can't believe this is happening. And the other guy's like, me either. And then we go through and we get to the end to the end and end up winning the game, you know. But that shouldn't be happening almost at any level in Overwatch, to be honest with you. Yeah. But for specifically for it to be happening in Platinum is a really bad sign that people aren't working together. And yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Like it's, it's kind of tough. Like you know, what do you as Blizzard? There's almost nothing they can do about it. Except condemn that, you know, condemn that that type of play, and maybe change their stance on a few things. Like you know, you should be like the, the whole play what you want, just play it as hard as you can. That is being exploited like crazy, you know. Because yeah. if I see five people pick DPS and I just pick another DPS, it's kind of like, eh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they, it's not gonna go okay. Like you know, P, like you know, we we. They can try to do things to try to uh, – actually, we talked about it a few episodes ago. Maybe do things that reward people for playing uh, 
more with their team or working together more, like a commendation system or something like that, maybe um, that would help. But I mean, I think the Overwatch community is looking for answers. But part of the answer is you got to stop being so apathetic to it. You know? Would you end up? Uh, did you end up playing much six v six? Uh, not too much. Like I said, I, I am still in placements for two of my uh characters so probably i think i have about 10 placements left across two accounts one account i finished literally today it did not go well people were not trying together they weren't paying attention <laughs> i ended up placing in like like 2475 i think on one account so we'll see what happens even though i'm not really all that invested in it it's like you know i'll, I'll walk and i like the mode don't get me wrong i like the game mode i think i would prefer it more if it was 3v3 though because those maps are built for 3v3 they yeah. are uh, I, I think that's i think that's coming i think this whole competitive thing that they're trying they're going to do one of the game modes alongside regular comp and just kind of mess around with that so i think your 3v3 will be coming though but I hope so. That'd be really nice. I think they'll like, just put out new maps. I mean, considering how popular this boat obviously is, I mean, wait times are not bad at all. Uh, yeah, they're not. When you go to play it, and they're quick matches. A lot of people seem to be going back in them again and again. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's popular. I think it's popular enough that we'll see six v six maps made specifically for this mode. Uh, and I'm thinking it'll stay around. I, I really like it, even though I place like garbage. But, you know, I mean, that's my fault well, for solo queuing. <laughs> well, what's weird is I assumed it would be like uh, like uh, Lucio Ball, where it uses your <sighs> MMR SR to base your placements on. But I was at 25-something when I placed, and I placed in Diamond which was just bizarre to me because like it was 500 points more than my actual SR. And so I wonder if they actually reset that. I also played five of my games with a five and six stack and then five of my games with Aid Morrow and Gabius at a three stack. And the last game we added Tracy for a four stack, but it was just really weird because I was going to do one last placement with Aid Morrow, but I was diamond and could no longer queue with them really right, weird yeah. yeah yeah i mean that's like uh i think you're right because you know if if they use your regular mmr you probably place a little bit lower but you know if they reset it and then you're playing with people who are in, in a higher rank it kind of pulls you you know up there that was actually well, I, mean, I was only playing with well it was andreas and death blow but they weren't using their regular uh, they were using their Smurf accounts, so they were in Platinum. So, But, like, both Deathblow and Andreas placed in, like, mid-Diamond or, like, you know, like, up in, like, the 3300s. It's really weird. Like, they placed, like, 600 higher than theirs. So it just really makes me think that they reset MMR as, like, a test or, or something. I, I have no idea. It was just weird. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see where I place some of my other ones. Because uh, actually, the Church of Jai account, that's the one I actually placed. That one's supposed to be in gold anyway. That's where I kind of aim to place that account um, when I do play it. So we'll see 
if my other accounts place any higher or not, who knows. But uh, when I first started playing 6v6, it was kind of great because a lot of people were talking and working together. And I think it's because a lot of people didn't really know <laughs> what to expect or what to do. And when I play more recently, that's just kind of gone away. Like some matches, you'll have one person that talks or works with you. But I had a match where I mean, we total, we could have won this last round. We could have won this last round. Right, we were down to our last two tanks, which were Winston and Zarya. And I said, okay, guys, we were playing on Castillo. I said, don't go upstairs. We don't have like a, like a good shield tank that can actually fight in that choke. You know, don't go upstairs. Let's go through the mid. I'll jump up because they're going to go upstairs. Bubble me. Get your charge. I'll come back down and like you'll have charge. I'll be alive and we'll we'll continue to fight. And only one guy followed me. It was the May. The other four people go up there, get demolished. They die within the first five seconds of the game. Oof. And that was it. I'm just kind of like, okay, well, later. Yeah. I was telling That's you guys, not pretty much it, all mine went. No, oh, good. I was just telling you guys in pre-show. It was weird how many games we went zero and two and ended up reverse sweeping because. The other team used, you know, two main healers in one round and then didn't have, you know, a main a main healer for that last round and were using like Zen and uh, Brigitte. And like it was just it was weird how many reverse sweeps there there were. Yeah. One of the actually I wanted to bring this up. One of the reasons why I think this competitive mode would need to stick around versus being something that just kind of happens sometimes is that, you know, we have a regular competitive mode and people still have trouble playing that. But this type of competitive mode, the 66 elimination, requires a different mindset, a different type of thinking. Like you have to know, well, if this person is picking Mercy, maybe I shouldn't also pick. Anna or Moira because that if we win that blows two of our main healers or if this person's using Reinhardt maybe I shouldn't pick an Orisa or another like you know main tank or something like that uh I maybe I shouldn't blow Farah in the first round maybe I should wait to use Mercy until Farah is in play we shouldn't use Soldier 76 and McCree at the same time you know stuff like that all these are mistakes I saw happening yeah. You know, now we knew not to do that because we played three v three quite a bit. We used to play three v three quite a yeah. bit, so you kind of know that you don't want to do these things because then you're gonna, you know, if you choose. Like I had a team where I I locked up seventy six, and the other two, and they were like, you know, people who were blank. And right before the game started, one person picks McCree, one person picks Widow. We win the game. We are out of everybody with the exception of Diva, who's going to be able to really handle that Farah, or at least, you know, try to swap the Farah, you know? And then what happened? We got wrecked by the Farah next round. <laughs> so, yeah, like, it, it, people would, I think it would need to be more around more on a con, on a regular basis so that people kind of get into it. And then what would eventually happen is that people, some people would be like, okay, well, this isn't for me. And they would either stick to regular comp or some people would really like it and they would stick to that and they would stick to that comp. And then you're going to have the people who are going to do both because they now have double chances to get competitive points, which yep. competitive points should be taken out of should be taken out of comp for, the, for that reason. You don't want those people in there. Um, <laughs> but I think yep. a mode like this would need to be around more frequently than, that was, you know, every other That event. was actually exactly what I thought about earlier in the show and i thought i'd mention here is that i'd be more into it if i knew it was a recurring thing 
So I would be more into it if I knew the schedule going forward. I would actually maybe take some more time to actually learn some better strategy and like actually, you know, do it. Whereas opposed to this, I'm just it's kind of a novelty and it's that kind of neat to see where you place and stuff like that. But it's not something I'm gonna devote a lot of time to. And I mean Kinder exactly. can tell you we yeah. played right before this and it was weird. We messed up and our group picked yeah, two main like main healers just because we fubbed on too long on what to pick. I know we kept getting people that wanted to do the same because we were all trying to be the fillers, be the nice guys and just fill. And everybody wanted to do that in our entire team. So we're like, are you guys going to pick? Are you guys going to pick last second? We're like, okay, get our picks in. And then the top clock runs out. And we're like, fuck, we got two main healers now. And, we got a mercy with no far. What do we do? <laughs> we had right. we had triple support a couple times because Brigitte confuses yeah. everybody. Oh man! Actually, I had one game where you know we had a we had a Zen and we had a Mercy, and then somebody picks a Metro. I'm like three support. This is the last round, and I'm like three supports isn't going to work here. And the guy's like, "Oh, Symmetra's a DPS." I'm like, "Okay, GG." <laughs> he'll enjoy our loss so yeah it's i don't know i do like it i think it should be around more if they kept it 6v6 okay i i prefer to be 3v3 but i'd be okay with 6v6 um but you know i do think it needs to be around more and i, I think that like actually brings some people to the game i want 4v4 man like 4v4 elimination? Yeah, I went 4v4. Like I always felt like that would have been better than 3v3 or 6v6. 4v4. It'd definitely be better than 6v6. Definitely better than 6v6. Um, 3v, I don't know. I do like that. I do like the 3v3 number. I think that's, that's good, and it forces you to work together tight as a team for the most part. I do enjoy that. So uh, we'll see what they do. Well, they're probably going to analyze it. I think they're going to have some announcements maybe for the year two anniversary. Uh, some change, Something's got to change, right? That's why I think something's got to change. If they just roll out the year two anniversary, it's like, bruh, like <laughs> the community wants some answers about some stuff. <laughs> you know, you, you can't just like not do anything. Like at some point they have to do something about competitive, right? Because yeah. even if competitive so is so, you know, supposedly working fine, which is not, <laughs> supposedly working fine <laughs> the perception is that it is not okay by the vast majority of the community uh that means the community is not seeing the value in the sr system they don't feel like it's being really represented the, properly the, the vast know? majority of the non-silent community and the vast majority of the community is silent though so it's the it's the loudest people that they're definitely mad but it's not it's not an accurate vast majority of everybody because the majority of people don't ever post in forums or anything. Well, yeah, that's true. But the people who are actually talking and give the a loud damn people about are talking, mad. <laughs> yeah, like they they don't they give a damn says about the it. Loud, like, says the loud mouth of the podcast. <laughs> damn straight. You know, they they you know they they are bringing up points. I mean, another thing is like some people who are they just don't say anything and then stop playing the game. Which Overwatch has been seeing a uh, quite the exodus over the over the last few months, especially with Fortnite gaining so much popularity. Yeah, you know, I, I think what they'll end up doing, at least to start with, um, you know, they they did change the uh, 
diamond and above, you you gain a particular amount of SR for every win and lose it for every loss, you know, instead of like the SR system gaining or losing, depending. And uh, this feels like it was a test, you know, for the season or maybe this coming season as well. So I, I think that they'll, if it's gone well, according to their numbers, I think they'll institute that across the board. And I think they should. Uh, or at least feel better. It would, wouldn't be as like disheartening. Though they they should make changes like if you have a lever uh mid mid game or something like that make adjustments for that things things of that sort, but uh, otherwise I think it would be a welcome addition to uh, the rest of the SR range. I think yeah. it definitely should move down to plat. Yeah, like, I mean, so like sure. cause it doesn't feel good when you are winning more games than you're losing, yet you have less SR. I know the feeling <laughs> that that is like that's an issue. Like I, I'm sorry, I understand that SR is definitely supposed to help. It's supposed to um, judge you on an individual basis, but your individual performance is affected by the team. You know, right. you know, you can actually hey, you can you can be a good DPS, but maybe not maybe not uh, be getting, be getting the damage that you need to be getting or the the kills that you need to confirm because your tanks aren't doing their job right. They're not making space. They're not. Uh, blocking for you whatever so that is the case in some in, in some cases so that's why like you know if your team wins great if you know it, it it should hopefully hopefully it fosters a more teamwork oriented uh you know um play style for everybody because now right now the way the sr system works is like well my team needs x character i'm not great at x character but if I if I if I played them and I got a flat SR boost if we won, it would probably be worth it. But right now, if I played that character, even if we won, my SR boost was probably going to be lower than if I just stay on this character. You know, right? That that's that's yep. kind of you know yep. why probably my main reason for wanting them to go with a flat SR gain or loss. You know, per one or loss. I think what the original idea was was for the lesser played characters. Okay, you get more SR if you play like more May or you play Symmetro or things like that. You know, if you play these, you know, non non meta heroes. I, I think the original they idea fixed was that to, though, right? I, I'm not sure. Like but, a while you know, ago, they adjusted that to where it wouldn't do it as bad. I forget what season it was. A, a, oh, okay. a, a few seasons ago, and uh, obviously that's not working. You know because if you don't play well with them, then that, that extra SR for just playing them doesn't make a damn. Mm. So a flat system, I think would definitely help to fill out the roles. Even if it kind of does hurt the non meta character picks, who cares? <laughs> you know? Exactly. I mean, they're so busy making changes to characters that maybe they'll become meta on their own. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, but yeah, year two, I, I do think they need to do something with the SR system or maybe introduce something new into the game. So we'll see what happens. If not, then BlizzCon's only a few months away and they'd definitely be announcing something yeah. at that point. So we'll see. Well, Gamescom is even, yeah, Gamecom <laughs> is even before that. So, uh, But let's um, move into our next topic, which is Symmetra changes. We have gotten some information on what they're working on with Symmetra, her, re, her complete rework. And uh, I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings, mostly negative, about what I'm seeing when it comes to Symmetra here. 
so first, we already know that Symmetra is going to be on defense. She's going to be moved into defense. Once she, uh, upon rework, she will be in defense. And um, Rightfully so. Finally. Yeah, she should have been there for a long time. So we <laughs> do know, uh, actually, I just the, 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 the notes we have here, which I'll put into the show notes, are um, quotes from Jeff Kaplan. And he says, let's see, well, let's see where we can start here. Uh, here we go. Uh, we are playing with a new way for her to put, to deploy her turrets. Instead of having to stick them directly onto a wall herself, she can now fire an undeployed version like a projectile, which sticks to walls, ceilings, etc. Once it sticks, it will unfold like it does on the wall currently when she builds them. This helps for a bunch of reasons, but one of the big ones is that it makes it a lot easier to play her on offense or just be able to position, pre-position her turrets much more easily or quickly. So she doesn't actually have to be near a surface to deploy turrets anymore. She can literally fire a turret behind the team it will, like, to a wall. It will deploy and um, yeah, we called it will that, do damage. We called that a while ago. Like You were yeah. talking about when they defensive hero that was like an offensive defensive hero and i was like well they could make symmetra to where she could throw her balls i well, didn't well, know they'd was, make well, it to where calling, she could shoot them like farah but right well i was calling for specifically was an offensive builder because right now all of our builders are pretty defensive but yeah yeah i guess technically speaking uh that fits the bill but yeah so her turrets are definitely going to that that'll be new right yeah, but there's more, more about her too right yeah, they gotta have more health. I'm gonna get into that in, in a minute here. Uh, but there was a question: Do the turrets arc through the air like Junkrat's grenade, or do they go in a straight line? How far away is too far to be able to set up a turret? Will they travel faster than her photon barrier? He says currently they will travel effectively, uh, effectively, infinitely in a straight line. Think of them like far rockets. The projectile speed isn't super fast though to uh, it's super fast though so enemy players can see them coming they can't currently shoot them out of the air but we're iterating but we're still iterating and may allow this so right now if you shoot one there's nothing the enemy team can do until it's actually deployed i think that they should you should be able to shoot them in the air it's not like you have a bunch of a bunch of characters with hit scan that are going to be able to do that right and it's yeah. not a it's not a massive projectile. Well, sorry, it is a pretty big projectile, but like at the speed, I wonder what speed it's going to travel. That matters too, you know. Depending on how fast it travels, it may be fair enough. Or if you catch it in the air, you can destroy it. But like Bob said, they are not going to have one HP anymore. Because um, actually, the next question is honestly, what's the point? LOL, do they still have one HP? No, there are other changes to a turrets as well. We've lowered the max number to three, both that she can hold and can be deployed, but we've increased their damage and slow potential. They also have 30 health currently, though that number will probably change over time as we test. They will still die easily, but there is a significant difference between dying to any damage and just having very low health. So they have 30 HP. They essentially can be meleeed. Yeah. They can be meleeed. And uh, they also do more damage and slow more as well, don't they? Yes, that's what he said. They do more damage and they slow more. Um, which I, I, I well, guess have to they locate have to, three of them. I guess though, this time instead of have to locate all six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to locate three. But if they, if she manages to just deploy three, like let's say behind your team, that's ninety HP that you're going to have to take out, which isn't the easiest thing to do for everybody. 
depending on how high she puts them. Like if she puts them too high, she'll they'll be out of Reinhardt's range, you know, to actually hit. Yeah. You know, like so yeah, that, I mean that's, that's how it is a lot of times there. now they're out of Ryan's range. I know that, that feeling true. of Ryan and being like, I can't get it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, at least right now, she actually has to physically be able to jump get to up that there, space. Yep. Exactly. Now she can just shoot shit into the air. So we'll see how that goes. Please, uh, this is the next question. Please know turrets are literally going to be useless if you only give her three. Because so far, we found turrets to be much more powerful this way, not less. Keep in mind, it's almost like you're deploying two turrets at a time now. Since they're more powerful individually, you'll lose a little bit of map coverage, but overall, the turrets are actually more impactful, not less. Plus, spending less time redeploy turrets frees you up to do other things at the same time, rather than spending too much time focused on moving around and trying to keep your turret nest up somewhere useful. Uh, well, so he says, uh, are you guys potentially looking potentially at changing a weapon? Yes, and, uh, this is, I think, where my problems start to kind of kind of flow in with the rework here. So I mean, this is what you wanted, isn't it? For Symmetra? No. Yeah, I thought so. No. But fucking Mikey would probably love this shit, but I don't. <laughs> oh, you read it. Maybe, like, maybe, I'm pretty sure I heard it right. All right, go ahead. So, yes, we're still trying to, some things, but what's working pretty well right now is her primary fire changed. You no longer lock on, but it works as a straight beam that is fairly thick and increased in range. So that part, yes, like I agree that her beam should not stick on two people, but right. it's kind of like the rest of it. That's that's part of the problem. It still has potential to gain extra damage by dealing damage like it does now. Instead of going 30, 60, 120 DPS, it is currently, but instead of going to going 30, 60, 100 DPS, it is currently like like it is currently. It's going to do 65, 130, and 195. Actually, no, I think I've read that backwards. I'm sorry. No, that's backwards. He says, but instead going 30, 60, 120 DPS, it is currently 65, 130, 195. So it's actually a bit powered down um, because it doesn't, uh, without sticking. However, it does take a combined two seconds of damage to level up to the next tier of damage instead of one second. This means the weapon has significantly more potential but it is also more difficult to get it max power. Oh no, I did read that right. So it's going to be more powerful. Instead of 30, 60, 120, it's going to be uh 65, 130, 195. Also, when hitting a barrier, it currently generates ammo instead of consuming it. This means not only is she good at taking down uh, ba- uh, barriers themselves, but she is good at generating charge off of barriers and then using that to take down enemies as well. Uh, that's a really interesting uh, mechanic right there i kind of like it yeah i'm gonna finish his comments and i'm I'm gonna say something about that her alternate fire is a is still a charge up large projectile but it it has a bunch of important changes as well first of all well first off it charges to max it charges to max charge in one second down from two seconds next the projectile speed has significantly increased uh, so increased significantly. Currently, it has changed from 10 meters per second to 30 meters per second. That's three times faster. Lastly, instead of piercing enemies, it now impacts enemies and environments and explodes, dealing damage around it, dealing area damage around it. We've been heavily iterating on how much damage this ball deals now, but it's a direct shot. But a direct shot has been hovering in an area of 130-ish with a large percentage of the damage coming from the direct impact rather than the explosion. I'll say here again, we are still pretty heavily iterating on this stuff, so it's all subject to change, but we 
what we like to try to give you guys some insight as to what's going on with her rework as it stands today. You know, <laughs> I understand that she's going to be defense, right? And and some things have to change, but with the with the current meta of shield tanks, right? With how like with how things are going for Reinhardt, not that great, and how things are going for Rissa, <laughs> not so great. You don't need another thing to take them out of the meta completely. Essentially, she has a shield drill. That's what she has. Yeah. A shield drill. Because she doesn't expend ammo when she... At least according to it, she doesn't expend ammo when she's hitting the shield. She gains ammo. And then it charges on top of that. So she's going to take charge by hitting Reinhardt's huge fucking red box. And then by the time she cracks that fucker, she's going to be able to bake whoever is on the other side of it, including Reinhardt. And if I'm reading this right, I, the wording is a little weird here. So I may be reading it incorrectly, but it sounds like it's going to go from 65 DPS to 130 DPS to 195 DPS. You know, uh, that's a lot of fucking damage after you take down a Reinhardt shield. Not to mention, if it's going to be charging on the Reinhardt shield, that's 195 DPS on the Reinhardt shield. Period. She's going to drill right through shields. But let's just say I have it wrong here and it's the other way around. It's 30, 60, 90. I really wish I had my my fucking show notes from Symmetra up right now so I know because that has the actual DPS on it. Um, let's say it's 30, 60, 120. That's still 120 DP, uh, damage per second. <laughs> she will take Arissa's shield down in no time without losing ammo. The only other person who can shoot a shield without reloading is kind of like D.Va. You know, yeah, she can just shoot, be, shoot, 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 shoot. It feels a lot like they're tooling her for what they think might happen with Brigitte coming in. And I've I've only played, we'll probably talk more about it next week. I've only played six of my place, my placement games, but every single one of them on every map had a Ryan and a Brigitte. And like, I mean, it was like Ryan could possibly be back in Arissa back in hardcore. Like the shield tanks could be pretty oppressive, but uh, this is the only character that has that mechanic. So I don't know. I'll have to see when we talk about it next week about our season 10 starts and all that and see what we think the meta is shifting to. Let's see what I'm thinking here is I think you're on the right track there. Um, I think they they tried so damn hard to kill dive and this new symmetry re- rework seems to be anticipating shield battles like they used to be in the earlier season. Uh, but now you have this essentially a shield drill, you know, where in lower tier comps, you know, the shield battles last a lot longer than they do in higher tier SRs. Uh, you got like three or four seconds on a Ryan shield in, in like diamond and above uh, in plat and below. I mean, you can make a Ryan shield last a good while. Infinite. And, <laughs> yeah. And um, she seems to be really geared towards that because her ultimate uh, don't mean to skip over that there, but uh, her ultimate appears to be, if I'm reading it right, it's essentially a fucking giant shield with 5,000 HP. That's just like everywhere. Size. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like everywhere. Like yeah, it's just a the big shield generator, fucking, but everywhere. Yeah, it's it's just a giant fucking shield. I if I'm reading it right, it's like a big flat pane, like a big Reinhardt shield that goes like a Maywall, but it's effectively infinite. I in, think it goes from 
from what I've heard, it goes from like solid surface to solid surface, right? So if you're between two buildings, it's going to go there. But right. if so it's there was like no the buildings wall. on the map, it will just go through the entire map. Yeah, yeah. It's the wall in uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, the wall. Yeah, the wall. yeah. Like they they're that giving down, her. So Symmetra's will too. They're giving her a ton of power here. Um, even like her secondary fire, which is going to move three times as fast. It moves now when people still get hit by it and get goes through people. Yeah. And now it's going to have splash damage, which kind of uh, I don't like that from a lore perspective. From a, is it from a can- arc now though. Arc? Like, no, does no, it, it doesn't. Arc? It goes straight through. Huh. Yeah, but um, no, the I don't like that from a lore perspective because the way her gun works, it doesn't work like the other gun. So I'm not. So for those who don't know about Symmetra's gun. Um, she's not doing damage to you. She's sucking power from you. That's how that's how her shit works. Um, when she shoots that orb through people, the the reason it was able to go through people is because it's actually extracting power from the person. So that's why I can go through shields and go through people stuff like that. Now it doesn't really work like that. Now it's actually a big ball of energy that explodes on impact, which is also gonna cause a bunch of trouble for shields. Like that's. 130 damage directly to yeah. to a shield. It'll be significantly cool. less damage though, because it'll stop at that first target and blow up, and you'll get the splash. Whereas before, you could send it through six people and get full damage on all six and have your ult immediately. That is true. You could definitely do that. Um, so I'm not. I'm, I'm not anti the change you know what i'm saying I, I, I'm, not, I'm not against it but at the same time i think i'd feel better about it if like these changes and how powerful she's going to be if they lowered her health i think i'd feel better about it like she i don't think she should be somebody that has the same health as soldier 76 with this much power that that's what i'm feeling mm-hmm. um i think she if you have this much power as a character, especially like with the, way, with the way she looks and how small her her, her frame is, and how small her character model is, she needs to go to glass cannon status. Like Zenyatta is a glass cannon, you know that shit he shoots hurts, but he only has 150 health. Even if they did the same thing, they had to give her 100 health, 50 shield. I would be okay with that, but having a 200 health hero that packs this much of a punch. You know, the only difference now is that you just won't, you know, people would actually need to have good tracking with her now, right? They yeah. wouldn't just be able to like click and then do that thing where they're jumping around. So that is going to be a bit different. Like now they're going to actually need to track uh, the beam. And um, actually another thing that like I did, they said that the, you know, her, her range is actually going to be longer. And I'm like, which range is going to be longer? Because her beam actually has two ranges. The, the beam will connect at seven meters. However, it will only it will disconnect at nine meters. So if you already connected to somebody, they still have to run two more meters away from you than when you first connected to them for it to be out of range. So what uh, the large, larger range is going to be what? Is it going to be the seven meters or going to be the nine meters? You know, I do a- have that question. I'm assuming it's going to be slightly less range than like a Zarya beam uh, because, you know, similar tracking, things like that. And Zarya can get up to really high damage if he's charged, but, you know, just a different kind. 
so since she builds charge a lot easier than Zarya does, I assume it'd be slightly shorter. I don't know what the range on Zarya's beam is, though. 15. 15? So it's yep. probably like 10. I, I would say 10 is probably the number they're She's looking at. She's got, what, 8 at the moment? It's either 7 or 8 at the moment. But I'll have to see how it ramps up before I make a call on it to see how difficult it actually is and how fast it unticks when you're not ramping up. So I'll have to yeah. see. I'll have to kind of, I'm going to save my judgment for it. I'm just glad change is coming is basically where I'm at. Yeah. I, I think the way that like one way they could handle it is uh, if they take her built up charge away, as soon as she's stunned, then uh, that would really help to mitigate a lot of that shield busting and just general, just fuck fuckery, you know? <laughs> right. Because uh, as it stands, you know, if you just stun her, don't kill her, or things like that, then she's just going to eat you alive. She's going to need kind of tracking. Right. Well, yeah, so like, like what you mentioned before, that her ultimate is going to be replaced with a uh, the full barrier. So we already uh, mentioned that. But one thing, one huge change is that her teleporter is going to be a regular ability now. Um, which I, I I do believe they said... That the teleporter is only gonna—I don't—is it gonna last until it's destroyed? Let's see. Yeah, well, so tel- I heard it was a t- shorter time frame, though. It was I, on yeah, a time frame. I, I think it's on—I think it's actually on a timer. Um, so here we go. It says the teleporter now works as follows: you place the exit like you normally do, except when you place the exit up to twenty-five meters away instead of only right in front of you. Uh, then when you place the exit, the entrance automatically gets built right in front of you instead of at your spawn. It lasts only a short time, but allies can use it freely as they normally do. But there are some new things you can teleport as well. We're experimenting with what with what works and what doesn't. Uh, but currently, you can teleport things such as Torbjord turrets, um, Divas exploding mech, junk rats tire, etc. And this has to this has led to some sneaky fun plays that are really unique to her. It also allows you to get onto high ground on offense with a comp that might otherwise have trouble doing so. The health has been lowered to 300, and the entrance is now attackable as well. If either die, the other is destroyed as well. Yeah. Oh, what's Sims Beam, Bob? It starts, it connects at 7 meters, and it disconnects at 9 meters. Okay, I said 8 you just didn't. Yeah. It didn't sound like anybody knew because I was like, "Is it eight? Nobody, no yeah. one corrected me. I only remember. I remember because I did. Attention. I did this. I'm pretty sure I did the symmetric prepare to attack. So <laughs> that's why I remember it. Um, but yeah. So the teleporter, I, I think that can definitely help some characters that can't get the high ground, like like Reinhardt or Ressa, you know, stuff like that. You can place it 25 meters away, uh, even placing it behind the enemy team. But I'm pretty sure it makes a noise. <laughs> it probably makes some noise that people know that it's there. Um, but, yep. you know, or it'll send Setups, it'll be big, though. Yeah. Like yeah. For the whole Arissa strat on Temple of Anubis, of where they use May to come get Arissa up, they could just use a Symmetra and then just stay on Symmetra, you know? Yeah, they, yeah. exactly. Something I, I think would be really cool, though. Um, we always had a problem in shield battles with Reinhardt's just stalling at the choke. You know, you'd sit there at the choke forever, and your Reinhardt never pushed forward. And it's a pain in the ass, especially in lower lower SR. Uh, this might help that problem. Uh, if you got a sim that can get around, and or even just throw the 
throw the teleporter behind the enemy team. It's like, all right, we're moving. And you're fighting on point and making them come to you uh, rather than the other way around. So it's going to change around your standard map setups for defense and things like that. So I think it's a pretty cool shakeup. Right. Um, I, I like to see things like that. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not necessarily excited about her having uh, so much power, especially a power that would definitely uh, just kill shields even more than they're being killed right now. I mean, Reinhardt's having a hard enough time dealing with Brigitte. <laughs> he, he really, really is. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I, I've, we're going to probably see this on the PTR after, sometime after the Hanzo changes, uh, probably sometime in June, maybe. We'll see. Uh, that, that's just me speculating. They haven't said when they're going to put it out yet. But uh, speaking of Brigitte, um, we did, like I said, I mentioned earlier, we did get some uh, some feedback in our Discord from a blind gentleman where he talks about uh, kind of the, the, the problem with character balance right now. So I'll just kind of run through what he says. He says, okay, so I think I can identify where Blizzard is going horribly wrong with the game balance. You know, besides the complaints about Mercy and Junkrat, etc. Let's count all the stun abilities that were in the game to start with. Ryan Pin, Ryan Shatter, Hog Hook, McCree Flashbang. That was it. And they were all and they all had counterplay to them. Other abilities immobilized you but allowed you to shoot back. Then Anna came along and she had a sleep dart. Again, it was both a skill shot and it had counterplay. There was hate for, but it subsided quickly. Sombra came out and she didn't have a stun. But hack makes you incredibly vulnerable. They finally recently made it so there's enough counterplay with the two-second cooldown to not feel like it's a shit ability. Arissa has no stun, but her shield is the best in the game, and it's very dumb how much health it has compared to other barriers. Doomfist, uh, what the fuck? There, there's three stun abilities in his kit alone. There's zero counterplay to any of it other than dodging the shot. All... Uh, all on shorter cooldowns than the other existing stun abilities, and they all have the ability to insta-kill you. Moira has no stun, but we can all agree that her heals are insane. I don't have a massive issue with Moira. Now we got Brigitte that has two stun abilities and zero counterplay. Oh, and those stun abilities do decent damage and dish out some insane healing. TLDR, too many stun abilities with no counterplay have been added. Nerf and stun abilities in a matter that provides viable counterplays. Uh, nerf dust on abilities and a matter that provides counterplay. What do you guys think of that? Well, that kinder start. Uh, well, the thing about it is you got Doomfist, who is incredibly difficult to play. He's got a super high skill ceiling. So I don't, I don't even subscribe to to him being any kind of OP whatsoever. He kind of has to have those stun abilities to be any sort of viable in the first place. Uh, so I, I'm going to throw that one out off the get go. Sorry, man. Um, and Brigitte, she's, she's in the weird spot right now. She's a brand new character who hasn't been fully balanced yet. We haven't seen what everybody else's balances are going to be. Uh, we don't have new Hanzo yet to play against her. We don't have new Sim. Uh, I, I think that they're doing things in order to counteract the hero instead of the abilities. Uh, and I don't think we've seen all the adjustments that we're going to see to Brigitte. Um, Reinhardt really is the biggest issue right now um, because he's so vulnerable to Brigitte. But a lot of other people, especially other characters with stuns, can counter Brigitte. Um, if you can 
get a Brigida with your flashbang with McCree, then, you know, that's, that shuts her down. You get behind a retracer, that shuts her down. Get her with another Brigida, that shuts her down. I mean, there's counterplay to everything, really. If it's not a direct counter through an ability, it's the footsie game. Um, you can counter a McCree with a tracer if you play a good footsie game. You know, uh, that's just how you play the game. Uh, I mean, I, I see where he's coming from with this. But I don't necessarily agree with the zero counterplay point. Um, there's some issues, yeah, but I don't think it's that bad. And I would completely agree with you on the, the Doomfist stuff. Now, ABG might be talking about playing in like masters in GM and the Doomfist is the Doomfist you would see there are going to be very frustrating. Uh, but yeah, if he doesn't hit everything right, he's pretty much not, he shouldn't be, be played. You could, you know, in a lot of SRs, you can do more harm than good playing doom, uh, playing Doomfist and like the Ryan thing, like Ryan does really good when he has Brigitte behind him. So like, you know, it's a complete matchup with a Ryan Brigitte, Ryan Brigitte. And so that part, that part's hard to tell. Like Overwatch is counterplay period. (laughs) I agree with that completely too. And I think it just comes from they made MMOs before. And this makes sense to me because you have tanks, you have healers, you have different types of tanks that protect themselves in different ways. Like if Orissa's shield didn't have that much shielding, she'd be freaking worthless. You know, like she can't run up on anybody. Like uh, Dallas, uh, Dallas Fuel showed how bad she was on attack just this last <laughs> week. I mean, unfreaking real. Like Ryan's way better than her on a on on attack. So I just see him as so different, and it's extremely complicated. And that's where I think it runs into the problem. And it's too complicated for someone who hasn't played hundreds of hours to actually take in. And that's where we run into why Overwatch is so hard. That's what I think. What do you think, Joe? Um, I think the problem is that Overwatch is a first-person shooter, and CC is not good in first-person shooters. You know, and MMOs and MOBAs, you know, other stuff like that. CC is is more acceptable. Um, when you know when you can put a combo together between a Brigitte and like let's say a, a Doomfist, and I think actually. I'm thinking about it because ABG actually posted a video in Discord with that exactly happening where you're a player and you can't, you basically can't move for a good five to 10 seconds in a first person shooter, even as a Reinhardt. You're not shooting, but still a first person game. Um, that's no fun to play. That, that, that's, that's no fun to play at all. So whether it's fair or not, um, that's very debatable. But with it being like that, it's totally definitely not fun. That was actually the biggest problem I always had with May because CC in first person shooters, it sucks. <laughs> you know, you don't play a first person shooter to stand still. First person shooters are, they, they are tactical. Don't get me wrong, but they're definitely not as tactical as you would be playing in a PVP uh, for MMO or, um, you know, I don't know or something like that. Yeah, I think it'd be more tactical in like an, MMO, at least when I played, I don't know. I heard they like took away a lot of stuff in World of Warcraft, but 
I mean, I had, I had every F1 key bound and every number key bound and then E and R. I mean, like I had like 25 moves I had to think about using in PVP. <laughs> so it was extremely complicated. So right. I don't know if I would agree with that. Right. So uh, he says, like, he's actually in chat. He says, uh, you know, um, you either have to dive them or poke them at, poke at them forever. At some point, you just got to go, and their stun CDs are four to six seconds compared to the other stuns, which are eight seconds, and they have multiple stun abilities. That's, uh, you know, that's more my point. And I think, like I said, I think for the most part, it, it feels bad because, you, you know, if you're playing this in like a first-person game, but he is right. I mean, Brigitte being able to stun somebody every five seconds is is an issue. Like, you know, is not it five it, seconds. So yeah, it's every five seconds. You yeah. can you can stun. Is it every five? Yeah. I thought it was like yeah. eight. No, it's no, every it's five, five seconds. Flashbang eight or something? I'm pretty know. sure it's yeah, it's it's definitely not five. So every five seconds as long as your shield is uh as long as you have power on your shield, you can stun every five seconds. So, you know, getting into a fight like, you know, her getting up close to you, which is not that difficult to do because she has a uh you know shield. a shield that she can walk mm-hmm. up to you and then on top of that she can be like six meters away from you i think so actually i think it's a little larger than that she can be a quite a bit distance for, uh, from you and and hit you with it so she can engage you really really quickly i think and it's six get, meters yeah yeah and to get into a fight with her while doing that um is 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 kind of a is kind of a problem, especially like I guess like every five seconds she can stun you. So even as a regular character, if you're trying to run away from her, she can stun you again. She can use her range flail. You know that that ranged stun, the uh, it's not as easy to hit as a roadhog hook. I will say that it's pretty freaking hard to hit, dude. It moves a yeah, little a lot hook. smaller hitbox too. Yeah, it, it moves, must have because like I I'm like sixty five percent average roadhog hook accuracy, and with her I'm missing that crap all the time. Unless I'm just not it, realizing I'm hitting them or something. Because it doesn't stick. I think that's why with the roadhog yeah. hook you can actually be off a little bit, but if you are but if you interact with their hitbox to a certain degree, it clicks on and it sticks. Whereas her flail does not. So that's probably it what feels, you're experiencing. It feels different, like the speed of it or something's different. I don't know. It yeah. definitely feels different because I feel like I'm like I should have hit that. What just happened? Uh, right. right. Yeah, but have like being stunned every you know. Well, then like Doomfist, he's he you know he chains his stuns together, and especially now with the changes they just did, like his his uh, you know shotgun knuckles are no joke. <laughs> they they they're no joke now. Even at a he bit of a range, that though. Yeah, he, he kind of needed, needed that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't go. He he kind of needed that, but still, you know. I think just because like, you know, you're right. Like playing Doomfist does require skill. Like you know, if you actually have to hit the shots and stuff like that. But when you're playing at a level where you know more than likely the people who are playing that character are going to hit those shots, and every few seconds, like you know, you're stunned and you can't do anything. You know, that's tough. I think yeah. the only plus, the only the, the the biggest counter to Doomfist is like his body size. Right, he's a lot harder to hit than like a uh, a lot easier to hit and easier to hook and stuff like that than like a genji or something like that i mean i i I see his point but for the most part like it's like is is the balance a problem like from a fairness perspective or is well in brigitte's case 
the five seconds done is too fast, too much. I, yeah. I feel like um, yeah, I, 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 I think can't our, disagree there. I, I think in our last podcast too, um, that was something that we talked about and that I mentioned was that I think they're going to bring her bash cooldown in line with the other cooldowns. Uh, kind of like how they changed Roadhog's hook from, was it six seconds to eight seconds? Right. Uh, I think they'll bring her up to probably at least six seconds, if not eight, uh, for the shield bash, just to bring her up to cooldown speed, you know, that way you can counterplay it with bubble and things like that with Zarya. Um, and she doesn't, like Doomfist, you can counter Doomfist pretty well uh, with a well-played Orisa. Uh, she was kind of made to be a Doomfist counter, lore-wise and otherwise. Um, and you can shut him if you shut him down in midair, uh, get him off his cooldowns, he's done. You know, if you play a good Orisa against Doomfist. Brigida is a little bit tougher. She doesn't have a built-in counter that I can think of uh, other than, like, Farah. Yeah, she's a character who thrives on, uh, you know, getting close to you and, you know, uh, taking advantage of that. And it's very easy for her to do so without exposing herself that much, you know. <laughs> Even if she doesn't shield bash you, if she's just trying to close the gap on you, she can use that shield bash to kind of, like, dash in while the shield's up. With Reinhardt, if he tries to charge in, the shield's down, he's completely, you know, vulnerable. Uh, same thing, if he starts attacking somebody, his shield's down. He's a huge target, and he's very vulnerable. Um, yeah, they with- should really fix charge, I think, because you just shouldn't be that vulnerable while charging. It's so easy to dodge a long charge. I feel like that would help a lot of early ride arts, because... <laughs> I basically think, yeah. charge is a death is a death warrant. Like you just shouldn't do it. You know, like unless you're charging for five meters only. Well, it's you a just good escape do tool. It. It's if, a, if you it, use it properly, yeah. it's a great escape. But I mean you're still going to the right I mean, they don't write the speed you're going. You can't really jerk left or right. <laughs> I, I, think, I do think they should increase the speed. Uh that would be a, a good change, I think. I think they should allow him to stop the charge so that he can use it more as a movement ability. Yep. That would be a, a tremendous, you know, help. It would also be funny to charge somebody almost right to the edge of a of a map yeah. and then stop and just let them fly off. <laughs> you know, if you're good, you can good. do that. If you're really good, you can do that as it is. Yeah. It's going to happen to me several times. I don't know how they do it. Uh, yeah, you can charge them into a wall. Muma does it all the time. You can charge them into a wall and then make a little angle at the end. It ends and the tank just falls off the edge. Right. It's brutal. Yeah, so I mean, I, I for me, like I, I uh, having a bunch of stuns where you know while you, while you're in the middle of the stun, or you know, it, it feels like there's really not much you could do. Like if Doomfist catches you with the first piece of his combo, um, you know, that's that that's a problem. Now you just got to sit there and take the, the rest of it. Uh, with Brigitte, basically, she could just wait you out, right? Like that, that's no fun. Like you know, now you're shooting into her shield, and she's just gonna keep stunning you and stunning you and stunning you. And the thing about her that I was gonna say about Reinhardt, like you know, you know, with she doesn't do as much damage as Reinhardt, of course. But when Reinhardt swings, he's huge, he's exposed and he can die. But with Brigitte, she if she's hitting somebody, she's getting health back. <laughs> you know, that's you know that's that's a tremendous well uh, help for her. She could only get a certain amount per second. She just restarts the hot. You know, like every time she hits, she restarts the same hot, but it doesn't build on. You know what I mean? 
Right, yeah. she restarts the hot, but she also has a, a shield that she can kind of sit behind for a few seconds to, you know, get that 80 health that she's going to get and then hit you again. Like, she I can say that oh, shield feels good when you're playing her. Yeah, she can well, yeah, get her. Yeah. Like, well, you, <laughs> uh, you know, she can make that shield last a long time. Uh, one of my biggest problems with Brigitte was that she increases the TTL, uh, TT, the TTK of fights. You know, like she, like you know, you're not you're not finishing those fights with her that quickly, like on a on a one on one. It's different if a Brigitte goes into a group of people, um, and even that's a problem. Like I've watched Brigitte tear teams apart in six v six, by the way, or you know, kind of tear through I've like two it. or three people. Like that's I don't think like one character should be able to do that without like Reinhardt is one thing when he's swinging his hammer and he's hitting multiple people at the same time. You know, if all three of those people. Are, this, are, are in the same area. That's one thing because he's still really exposed, you know, whereas with Brigitte, she has so much going for her when she's in a group fight. Like, she kind of rules that right now. Um, I'm not saying they need to take that away from her because that would be like a kind of just killing her character right there. Like, why even put her into the game? But I think it needs to be tweaked a little bit, maybe. She definitely maybe. needs some adjustments. It's going to be interesting to see. I don't think there's been an official word, but I think Blizzard did say she'd be in uh, stage four like a month ago, but I don't think there's been any chatter said. So stage four will be here in two and a half weeks. So that'll be interesting to see if she goes in in her current state. I think I kind of think she is, to be honest with you. So we'll see. But um, all right, well, let's move in to our weekly updates. Weekly updates. Uh, two weekly updates here. Uh, one, Bob is imitating. Uh, Bob is uh, so Carpe teabag somebody. Who did he teabag somebody on the Shanghai Dragons? And he got booed for it. He got booed for it. The crowd did not like that. I didn't realize there were so many Shanghai Dragon fans out there. I know, right? That, that, I, that I think they, the literally arena. the only reason he got booed is because the Shanghai Dragons right yep. now are just so. They need help so bad. It's kind of like picking on the slow kid a little yep. bit. Like it's I think exactly that's exactly what it is, what dude. Perfect analogy. <laughs> These guys haven't won but, a game, Carpe. Come on. Yeah, I mean, it's like you're kind of picking on the easy target there, but at the same time, get good. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Dark Souls here. I mean, get good, Shanghai. I mean, sorry to the Shanghai fans out there. I'm a fucking Mayhem fan. I know about losing. <laughs> um, Dallas Fuel here. I'm in the same boat, my friend. <laughs> I mean, but if somebody teabags mayhem, I'm probably sitting there like, fuck you guys. <laughs> Bullshit. But I'm not going to like fucking straight up boo him, like, get off the stage or anything. It's like, get good, mayhem. Damn. I saw a video <laughs> that was hilarious on Twitter. And it was called like Carpe the Sith. And it was, I mean, it was like a <laughs> movie trailer with Carpe like walking around. Like, there's a bunch of footage of him. It's hilarious. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I don't really care about teabagging, to be honest with you. I've never been one to teabag somebody. It never even crosses my thoughts unless somebody teabags me first. And then I'll go back and I'll teabag you. Make it your mission to kill him and teabag him. Exactly. But that I don't know. Like, in a nutshell. It's just not something <laughs> that I really kind of, you know, cared about that much um however in terms of the overwatch league um if if esports want to be taken seriously there has to be like some type of code of conduct right in every sport there's taunting in every sport there's taunting basketball football 
but it, it to a it, they still have their degrees, right? Like if if <laughs> if somebody got a if somebody got a huge sack in football <laughs> and then went teabag the quarterback, that would not be okay. <laughs> It'd be a fight, dude. There'd be a fight. Yes, but, there, there, there was a dude on the Chiefs that got in trouble for uh, grabbing nuts. Yeah. In the pile, like he'd be like he'd be like tweaking their their nuts. I forget his name, but he was an offensive lineman. He, he, oh, he got fined yeah. for it a couple times. Jeez. Yeah, like I mean, I, like, I, like, from a gamer perspective, yeah, whatever. Like fucking, like you know, get over it. But we're talking the difference between um, esports and just regular competitive gaming. Like there is a there is a difference. Actually, this is a big conversation in the fighting game community. Because the fighting game, a lot of people in the fighting game community want the FGC to kind of go esports, um, which I mean, like they're doing their they're doing huge tournaments at Mandalay Bay. They're almost they're fucking there pretty much, but there's still a huge like the the majority of the FGC is still uh, mostly uh, grassroots community. So they can do stuff like they can taunt somebody on stage. They can say somebody something to somebody on stage like directly to them. They can be nasty about it, and it's acceptable in the community. Um, with esports, it's it's kind of a little it's it's different. Like you know, it's it's more professional, and they they're trying to be taken way more seriously by the the sports world in general. And that's when you kind of get into your you know your code of conduct type of stuff. So something like teabagging in terms of esports is probably too much. In gaming, eh, get over it. Go kill them back. Go do the same thing to them. You'll be fine. You'll get over it. But in no terms way. of esports, I think. Um, you gotta, you gotta be a little bit more careful, you know that. But I mean, no way. I, I mean, think back to Halo Two and the MLG days. I mean, teabagging was every fucking where, and it was like the biggest crowd pleaser. Everybody fucking loved it. You know, everybody loved an epic kill in the teabag. Like that was our shit. And if it wasn't the Shanghai Dragons and somebody did a cheeky teabag between, it was, Jake, it was Sale Jake, versus Jake like it. Valiant or something. No, somebody Jake te- did it. Jake did it uh, stage one, and he uh, coined it the <laughs> tactical crouch. <laughs> somebody, Everybody like, loved it. This is the second yeah. person that Carpe has done that to. I can't. Like, I think the other person was on. The other person was on the fuel. Maybe this is not the first time he did it. Uh, but this is like, you know, kind of like it was just a big reaction to it. Because you're right. It is the Shanghai Dragons. Like, you're already beating the shit out of them. Everybody's beating the shit out yeah, of the Dragons. He's salting the wound at this point, you know. Exactly. That, like, that was probably distasteful on his part. But he shouldn't be punished for it. You know, if he gets booed, whatever. But he shouldn't be punished for teabagging a team. Like, because if they were beating a team that was playing really well, or if they were, like, say they were playing Seoul, and uh, he got a huge kill on them. Nobody would have gave a shit. They probably would have cheered like hell if it was an awesome kill. Right. Well, I think this is less about crowd reaction. Oh, sorry. The story itself is about crowd reaction. 100%. Oh, yeah. But overall, I think it's more about sportsmanlike conduct versus unsportsmanlike conduct. I mean, if you don't... Like, right now in the Overwatch League, when the team that wins the game <laughs> goes over and shakes the hand of the team that loses, you think they do that shit on their own? No. <laughs> you know, they'll do it. They do that because that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to have like a level of sportsmanship that goes along with it. You can't really half-ass it because you can be all sportsmanlike and then you can do something like teabag somebody and it looks bad like, oh, it's childish. You know, they play that shit on CNN or they play it on ESPN. You know, it's, it's fucking childish. It just <laughs> makes it look bad. That's what I'm talking about. Like if you're going to – if esports – 
is looking to be taken more seriously, which it is because the more seriously it's taken, the more sponsors they get, the more money they make, the more they can play players. This is where unsportsmanlike conduct and conduct in general kind of comes to play. You, you, you hit know? it on the head, man, when you said money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that's kind of like what it really comes comes down to, you know. But at the same time, when you got shit like that happening, that draws people in. You know, they will, people do want to see that kind of shit because that draws kids drama. in. Draws kids in, but they need the kids' dads or the kids' moms to draw in to bring the I, money in. I'm a father of three, and I love it. But it's not. <laughs> yeah, but you and I are weird, man. <laughs> it's not just people who like play Overwatch, like with like, with, the, with esports I get what you're and saying, the Overwatch yeah. League. Yeah, they definitely want people who don't play it. You know, they want people who've never played Overwatch in their life to come watch Overwatch League because they like you know they like it. <laughs> so yeah, that's that that's where we're getting to. But like, I mean, other than that, I mean, that's just, to me, like teabag is just a dick move. <laughs> Get it? Teabag dick move? Waff, waff. It's just a dick move. Like, uh, to me, it's like, really? Like, why even bother? Especially when most so people you're saying who you teabag... you the step and the beads? Yeah. <laughs> most people who teabag just do it for no reason. Like, you know, oh, you killed me and you te- it's not like It's not even like you did like a cool kill and, or something like that. Like, you just killed me once and that's it? Now, and now it, you're teabagging? And in Overwatch, usually it's like you killed me with the help of at least three other people. So you aren't that badass. Exactly. Like it's not like Sabiobi killed people in the background, taking out both supports as they walk back from spawn in a pro setting. You're not that badass. Yeah, exactly. It's not like you know, you know, you're playing a game where it's just you versus two defenders, and you take out both of them. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not doing anything like deserving of it. I think that's what, like what teabagging gets on my nerves when somebody just teabags for no reason. Like it's like really yeah. like you didn't even do anything, that's, bro. That's how teabag is always better. Well, that's how Jake got got uh, su- uh, support for it. He said he only does it to someone who he really res- respects and is proud that he just beat. Yeah. Who who, who said that? Jake. That's horseshit. <laughs> but everybody ate it up. Yeah. Oh, I respect you so much. I'm going to teabag you. Everybody ate here, it up, Jake. though, man. Hey, it's all hey, about how you I, sell I'll it. I'll tell you this, though. I will tell you this. Way back in the Halo days, I got a kill on fucking T Squared, who was one of the biggest motherfuckers. Like, we got in the, uh, it was every man for himself. I forget what they called the mode. It was, uh, was it 25 man in Halo? I think it Reach. Or no, it was uh, Halo 3. And uh, I, uh, I got a kill on the T Squared. The only kill. In the entire game on the guy that anyone got, and I teabagged the shit out of him, and he wanted to kill me the you know the remainder of the match every single fucking time. But I was proud of that shit, and I took the chance to teabag him immediately. Yep, right. I mean you <laughs> can make a case for, I mean uh, like Shannon Sharp, tight end for the Broncos for years, made a career out of pissing people off on the other side. He'd talk about their mama, he'd talk about their sister. He would say the most disgusting shit if you actually got the footage. And I mean, he'd get in players' heads and they would play poorly because of it. A lot, a lot of people would play really poorly because of it. Don't play bad because you play bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's maybe another reason why I like Unreal so much. You don't have time to teabag anybody. (laughs) Like, if you stop the teabag somebody, you're going to die. Like, you're just you're gonna, you're gonna die. There's no time to do so. So even in one v ones, kind of kind of interesting. But uh, other than that, let's see what else we got. Oh, Rialto is going live on Thursday. That's the new map that 
you know, came out of Retribution, but it will not be live in comp. It's only going to be live in game. So we're going to have, you know, pretty much an entire season to go to play through the map in quick play. And hopefully some people get better at it, even though the map definitely changes a bit once it goes into comp. I mean, I really didn't see people using great strategic positioning on Blizzard World until after it came out in comp. So, you know, we'll see. Yep, but uh, yeah, so uh, then now we've got community events this Friday night. We're going to be doing the PS4 game night for Watchpoint Radio. So that's that's a first in Discord. I created a channel called PS4 Game Night. So if you are coming to the pit to the PS4 game night, hop in there so we can start trading uh, PSN names. And you know uh, that night when we start the the PS4 game night, please hop in there because. We'll be using that for some communication, especially because, I mean, the lobbies only fit so many people, and we won't know when new people kind of want to come in. So definitely hop on Discord. Uh, let us know when you get in so we can put you into the correct groups, and, um, you know, we'll be communicating via PS4 game night. I believe we're going to start that game night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Friday. I tried to do it earlier because I know we have some people in the U.K. who want to play, and it's going to be really late at that point at about 8 p.m., but I, 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 I'm I, just not going to be able to start that early. Um, Maybe uh, the next time I do a game night or maybe I'll try to arrange another one where, you know, maybe I do a Saturday earlier in the day uh, here, and that way that should be game night in the U.K., so um, I'm really going to try to do that. But for now, like I said, just hop into Discord, please, and we're going to try to organize game night on Friday night. That's discord.me slash mash those buttons. That is correct, Bob. Uh, other than that, we're going to start our closing here. Uh, prepare to attack. Batch 5 is out, sans Bastion, but that's coming soon. I keep saying that, but God damn it, I'm going to do it. I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to let them free. Uh, so yeah, definitely check out Prepare to Attack. If you are new to the show, Prepare to Attack will help you get better at Overwatch. Guaranteed. If you cannot get better at Overwatch after listening, prepared to attack, I'm gonna officially say it's your fault. Be like, I, I think you get your money back. That's that's the consensus. <laughs> that's the consensus. It's gonna be yeah, it's your definitely fault. Definitely get <laughs> your money back. Yeah, so, satisfaction uh, guaranteed. Yeah, so definitely check out prepared to attack. Almost every hero except Bash and Brigitte out right now. Even though we did get confirmation <laughs> on a Brigitte coach, so that will be something that we're gonna be working on very soon. Uh, also, they were going to have some news prepared to attack in the, in the upcoming week, so just stay tuned for that. If you are not on the stream on Twitch right now, we live stream every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, right on twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. So we'd love to have you here while we, you know, stream the podcast, while we record. We'll want to hear about your Overwatch stories for sure, so please send them to us. We'll get into our contact information very shortly here. And like I was just mentioning, we have a PS4 community, PS4 community, but we also have an Xbox One club and the Discord server. So the PS4 community and Xbox One club are both called Watchpoint Radio Overwatch. The Discord is discord.me slash mash those buttons. And I always like to plug Heroes of Overwatch is a great Facebook group if you use Facebook. And it has players from all over the place from, uh, you know, multiple platforms and also, uh, it just keeps up with the latest news and the dankest Overwatch memes. So definitely check out Heroes of Overwatch if you're on Facebook. I think you'll enjoy it. 
Um, additionally, we are available <laughs> on multiple podcast platforms on both iOS and Android. So just search for Watchpoint Radio on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And if you can't find it there, just uh, you know check out our RSS feed right on the Mashless Buttons website. Uh, Bob, why don't you give me your social media? You can find me on Twitter at Blazin underscore Bob. That's B-L-A-Z-Z-I-N underscore B-O-B. And Kinder? You can find me on Twitter.com slash NerfKinderPlus, P-L-S. Also, Fragging Out. That'll be at Fragging Out Pod, www.fraggingout.com. And we are actually going to be recording tomorrow uh, the Fragging Out podcast, and that's going to be at... Twitch.tv slash fragging out. Okay, you can find me at Church of Jaw. I changed it now, so it's just Church of Jaw. That's where you can find me on Twitter. Uh, you can find Watchpoint Radio at watch, uh, twitter.com slash watchpoint radio, but you can also keep up with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash MTB site, Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, and YouTube.com slash Mash Those Buttons. Uh, you know, we encourage you guys to reach out to us so you can you know, contact, us, contact us via Twitter or you can email us at WPR at MashLessButtons.com. You can also comment on the website, you know, stuff like that. Uh, if you enjoy the show, you want to help us out, the best way to do so is to share the show with others and to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform of choice, whether it be iTunes or Google Play Music, wherever. Ratings and reviews definitely help us. Thank you very much. Want to take your support a bit further. Uh, there's several ways you could do that. One, you can subscribe to our Twitch channel. That helps us. Uh, you know, that helps support us in our streaming efforts. You can also buy merch from the Mash Those Buttons store at teespring.com slash store slash mash those buttons. You can also become a Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash watchpoint radio. And that Patreon specifically, it does support watchpoint radio and prepare to attack. Um, like I said, we have, like, obviously, we're always developing Watchpoint Radio, but we have some big plans coming up for Prepare to Attack, and your support will be um, very helpful there. It's going to happen regardless, but your support will be very helpful. So uh, thank you guys very much if you're a, if you're a Patreon or patron. Um, additionally, we encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear what's coming up this week on Mash Those Buttons. Um, you, actually, we don't do that anymore. Sorry, I'm just reading the script here. I'm getting tired. Uh, but you should definitely check out matchlessbuttons.com slash shows to see the rest of our podcast, which uh, would be Double Tap, which is for the fighting game community. Wow Talk and Torn the Goblin are both of our um, War, World of Warcraft podcast, which, you know, Legion's comments is a lot of news there. And Sit Rep Radio, which is the Division podcast we have, which is pretty hot right now. So, uh, guys, check that out if you're into any of those games. Also, check out the MASHcast. You know, the MASHcast is awesome. I'm on it, so therefore, it is awesome. Um, but, yeah, we, we talk about a, a bunch of different topics there. So, uh, check that out. The latest one, uh, man, what will we talk about on the latest one? We talked about Battle Royale games on the latest one. And actually, the one coming up this weekend that we're recording is about mods and how your favorite current games wouldn't exist without the modding scene of the 2000s. <laughs> 100% true. Fortnite doesn't exist. Overwatch doesn't exist. League of Legends doesn't exist. Respect. PUBG doesn't exist. PUBG respect. doesn't exist. No? Yeah. What's that? I said respect. Oh, respect. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about that this weekend. Uh, but we're going to let you guys go. We're still getting adjusted to the three-man format, right? So we're going to get more tighter shows coming up 
Probably. So <laughs> Probably. Um, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, thanks. We'll <laughs> thanks for listening, guys. We're gonna catch you next week. Just remember everybody, Jake has showed us that Attack Torb works in the Overwatch League, so have <laughs> at it, Torb Mains. Have at it. Assholes Later. never die. <laughs> Later, guys. <laughs>